0: Hey there everyone, welcome to another Hoop Heads podcast. It is Thursday and we are one day closer to the weekend. I hope everyone is having a fantastic day so far. Uh, Today we're going to talk about Game 2 of the Eastern and Western Conference NBA Finals. So stick around. I'm going to start here on the West Coast today and look at the Warriors Rockets Game 2 and we saw a completely different Rockets team come out for this game than we saw in Game 1. Now, uh, in an earlier podcast, I predicted the, the Rockets would win in 7. And uh, then Game 1 happened, and that that prediction wasn't looking so hot. Well, the reasons why I predicted the Rockets in 7, as I stated earlier, was that the Rockets, um, as a team, had been in better rhythm all year long, um, and that they... Had home court advantage. Well, the home court advantage part is gone, and they're going to have to win one uh, over in Golden State before they can get that back. But they definitely looked like the team in better, better rhythm yesterday. Whereas Golden State looked like the team that had their star player coming off injury and still trying to get himself reacclimated to his role. And that's exactly what, what was happening. Uh, Steph Curry did not have the greatest of games, and he really looked like he was still uh, finding his legs. One of the biggest differences we saw uh, from the Rockets from game one to game two was their willingness to pass the ball. During Game 1, there was a lot of dribbling around, there was a ton of stagnation. James Harden, uh, for lack of better words, was a huge ball hog during Game 1. Yeah, he got his points on pretty good shooting during Game 1, but no one else really got involved and he really kind of gave some of his teammates the raw deal when he passed them the ball with two seconds left on the shot clock and they were being tightly contested. During game two, there was a lot more movement. And another thing uh, that I noticed was a lot more pushing of the tempo. The Rockets got the ball, whether it was on... a steal or on a missed shot, and they were looking to push the tempo. They were looking to push the pace. And that's what Mike D'Antoni teams have always traditionally done. Um, and when you push the pace, you don't have to rely on half-court sets as much. And if the team does recover, let's say you're, um, you know, the team defending does recover when you're pushing the ball, you still have them on their heels when you do get into your half-court set. And as long as you make fast passes, uh, you're gonna keep them on their heels and you're gonna oftentimes get an open look. And that's exactly what we saw happening last night. Uh, The Rockets did a fantastic job moving the ball inside to outside, left to right, and we saw them really set up a lot of their players for easy looks, and there wasn't nearly as much of dribble, 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 taking contested jumper in this game as there was in the previous game. Uh, on the warrior side of things, they just looked a little flat-footed. They looked uh, a little out of rhythm, and I honestly thought that that would happen more in Game 1 uh, when I made my uh, be- and beginning of the series predictions, um, and Aside from Kevin Durant, no one from the Warriors really showed up for this game. And uh, when you have a team, we see, we're see we seeing this with the Cleveland and the Celtics series. You can't have one guy defeating a team not in today's NBA. Um, the defensive schemes are too sophisticated. Offensive schemes are too efficient. And when you have a team going against one guy, that's not going to work. Now, you're not going to see that from the Warriors very often. Uh, There's not going to be many nights where you only have one guy show up to perform. Uh, They're a great team. They're very deep. And they have a ton of great players. So I don't anticipate that to be a trend moving forward. Uh, But the series is a lot more contested now. It's tied 1-1, and it could really, I think, go anyone's way. Uh, I really feel that if the Rockets can go into Golden State during one of these next two games and win one back... Um, I think that the series returns to their favor. Uh, If Golden State can go home for games three and four and hold on to home court advantage, obviously that's going to make things a lot more difficult for the Rockets. Uh, But at this point, I have to say this series could go anyone's way. So let's take a look at individual performers and see who I feel deserves the game ball. It is uh, really tough to pick a uh, game ball winner here for the Rockets because they had about three or four different players step up with huge nights. Uh, P.J. Tucker had a great night. Um, I think he shot like eight for nine from the field or something ridiculous like that, put up 22 points, um, played solid defense, was hitting the three ball really well. Uh, Trevor Ariza had a fantastic game, put up 19 points on seven and nine shooting. And, uh, again, he also played fantastic defense. And whenever Kevin Durant had Trevor Ariza guarding him, he had a much harder time uh, with the basketball than any other Rocket player that was defending him. Uh, You got to look at Eric Gordon. He came off the bench and put up 27 points. Uh, He shot the three ball extremely well, shooting six for nine from beyond the arc. Um, So those are kind of my three big candidates. And I'm going to go with Trevor Ariza just because of his defense on Kevin Durant. Um, James Harden didn't have a bad game. He put up twenty-seven points, but it took him a lot of shots to get there. Uh, Chris Paul played okay. Uh, he had I think sixteen uh, points, six assists. Uh, struggled with the shot as well a little bit, uh, but you did see him whenever uh, the Rockets were in transition, uh, doing a lot of great a lot of great things, pushing the ball up the court. Um, But Trevor Ariza, to me, was one of the biggest difference makers on the Rockets. And uh, you saw Kevin Durant, whenever he got the ball and he was being guarded by James Harden, you saw him absolutely demolish James Harden. Uh, James Harden simply cannot guard Kevin Durant. There was one play where uh, I think uh, James Harden was left looking for his ankles after Kevin Durant blew by him so bad uh, at the top of the key. Um, And then again on the baseline, he did the same thing to him. I mean, every time Kevin Durant got the ball against James James Harden it was like they were back in practice and scrimmaged in the OKC days and Kevin Durant was having his way with James Harden. Um Trevor Ariza, however, uh, made things very difficult for Kevin Durant. He forced him into more contested shots. He was able to steal the ball from him. Um, He's just a longer defender, a better defender. Uh, He does a much better job of staying in front of Kevin Durant. And um, when you have to play against someone as good as Kevin Durant, if you can make his night a little more difficult, um, that makes a huge difference. Um, And so for that reason, I'm picking Trevor Ariza as my game ball MVP, but there was a lot of really good performances from the Rockets. And one thing that I noticed was they were pushing the ball. They were, um, they were swinging the ball left to right. And they were making the Warriors work on defense. On my last podcast, uh, on my last recap, I should say, uh, I talked about how when you play against the Warriors, you got to make them earn their stops. You can't just give them stops. And uh, last night, the the Rockets made the Warriors earn their stops. And in return, the Warriors looked really flat-footed on offense. Anyone who was not wearing a Kevin Durant jersey uh, just did not look that good offensively last night. Um, so, a lot of that goes to the fact that the Rockets were pushing the pace, that they were executing, they were actually running offensive sets, uh, and they didn't settle for contested jumpers and dribbling out the shot clock. So, um, great job, Rockets players. Uh, I mean, a lot of them looked really good. I and mean, when you have uh, five guys putting up uh, double digit points, uh, I think they had five guys that scored more than 15 points last night. Uh, that 's a very solid con- those are very solid contributions and it 's going to be very hard for any team to keep up with that pace of scoring. Switching over to the warriors, uh, we saw a lot of them. Uh, struggling from the field uh, last night and anyone that was not wearing a Kevin Durant jersey really had a hard time getting uh, any kind of offensive rhythm going and I think that goes back to uh, the Rockets really pushing the pace and really the forcing the Warriors to play defense really forcing them to have to exert a lot of their energy on the defensive end and transitioning from offense to defense and you saw how that made them look flat-footed um I don't think that's going to happen every game. I just think that uh, there was such a big change from the Rockets' style of play from Game 1 to Game 2 that it caught a lot of the Warriors players off guard. I think they'll be a little more ready for it for Game 3. But looking at the individual performers, um, Steph Curry had an off night. He shot 7 for 19 and uh, one for eight from outside the line. So he really wasn't getting the lift on the shots that he needed, and he really struggled from the three-point line, which is not what Steph Curry normally does, as we all know. Um, the bright side to it, though, to his game would be that he was 6-for-11 when he took it to the hole. And just in the same sense that we are seeing the the Rockets target Steph Curry on defense— we saw the we saw the Warriors target James Harden on um, on his defense, and um, whenever Kevin Durant had the ball against James Harden, it was I mean you could pretty much bank it as two points or three points or however many points uh, Kevin Durant was going to shoot from. Uh, whenever Steph Curry got the ball and he had uh, James Harden on him, he would just blow by him, and that's a big reason why he was six for eleven from inside the arc. He had a, an easy time taking it to the hole against James Harden. Um, so we're really starting to see the Warriors target James Harden effectively. Uh, however, there's other other defenders on the floor as well. It's not just Dame, James Harden, and the rest of them are really doing a good job. The Trevor is the P.J. Tuckers, they're making life difficult for the rest of the Warriors players. We saw Klay Thompson. He only shot 3 for 11 for the game. Uh, he only had 8 points, and you need a lot more than that uh, from Klay Thompson. He's one of your best shooters. He's one of your key scorers. you got to have him have big games, especially if Steph Curry is still struggling and kind of getting back from injury we saw Draymond Green. Uh, He only had six points. He also had six assists and six rebounds, Uh, but he only took five shots for the whole game. And um, I know that he isn't a focal point of their offense, but if you're an all-star player, you should be getting more than five shots in a game, especially when you have uh, so many other players struggling from the floor. Uh, so overall uh, I thought that the Warriors I think were caught a little bit off guard I think that caused them to have a little less energy on the offensive side of the ball I think they'll adjust and be prepared for that for game three especially going back home Um, but this series has become a lot more interesting after game two and I'm excited to see where it goes. Moving over to the East Coast, uh, we saw the Celtics take care of things at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers and they are now in a commanding position with a 2-0 series lead. if you're a Cleveland fan, I'm, I'm, I feel for you. I do. Because you got to be uh, full of anxiety. I know there's been a lot of speculation and uh, a lot of sentiment around the league that LeBron James might leave during free agency if Cleveland does not look like a serious title contending team. And i got to tell you, as of right now, they do not look like serious title contenders. I mean, the Celtics are absolutely having their way with Cleveland at this moment. Um, and it goes beyond just being down 2-0 in a series. Go, You've got to look at the way that they've lost these games. Game 1 was a blowout. Game 2, Cleveland had the lead, and then Boston came back on them. And when Boston took the lead, Cleveland just kind of fell apart. And they, you saw them raise the white flag. You saw them start bickering at each other. And those are never good signs. Um, now, there, you know, there's no reason to give up hope. I mean, it's only two games. You, you still got the next two games in Cleveland. Maybe that's what they need, a little home cooking. Uh, but they are up against history. And the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers are playing against a Boston team that has never lost after being up, 30 se- uh, sorry, after being up 2-0. They're 37-0 when uh, being up 2-0 in a best-of-seven series. That's absolutely a phenomenal record. And i got to tell you, I don't think Brad Stevens is going to be that first coach uh, to give up a series lead after being up 2-0. Maybe. I mean, it could happen. We don't know. Um, Anything's possible in the NBA. But right now, it is looking more and more like the Celtics are going to take this series. So uh, you look at Cleveland, and you see LeBron, and you see him not getting much help from anyone on the roster. Meanwhile, you look at the Celtics, and you see almost everyone on that team contributing in some way or another. And that includes the starters, that includes the bench players, pretty much anyone who goes on the floor in a Celtics jersey gives some type of positive contribution to his team. Uh, the Cavaliers simply are doing that. Now, I said, uh, you know, in my pre, pre-series prediction... That the uh, Celtics would take the series because the, the Cavaliers have been too inconsistent um, from too many players on their team. And right now, inconsistent isn't even, isn't even the issue. It's just bad, right? They're, they have too many players that are just playing bad. And forget inconsistent. Inconsistent means you have good stretches and bad stretches. And right now, they have a lot of players who are just putting in bad stretches. Jarrell Smith, bad stretches. George Hill, bad stretches. Rodney Hood, um, Jordan Clarkson i mean none of those guys are bringing anything to the table they've been consistently bad I forget, forget saying they're inconsistent they've been consistently bad and uh for that to change uh for this series to turn around in any way the the calves are going to need someone to step up to the table um that's not lebron james we saw kevin love bring his game up a little bit um we saw kyle, kyle korver hit a few shots But at the end of the day, uh, you're playing against a Celtics team where everyone is bringing it. Everyone is performing. Everyone is hustling. Everyone is giving their energy. And they're going to need, the Cavs are going to need to match the energy of the Celtics as a team. They're going to have to bring a team performance forward and stop looking at LeBron James to be their only savior. Now, breaking down the individual performances, uh, you look at Boston, and we got that same storyline of who do you give the game ball to because they had so many people uh, provide positive contributions. Uh, Al for- Al Horford was great. Uh, you saw him play uh, in the last uh, few minutes there of the game after he got that flagrant foul from J.R. Smith. You saw him play with an extra little intensity, an extra edge, and uh, he was, I mean, throughout the whole game, he was great offensively, defensively, getting rebounds. Um, I think he shot 5 for 13, so he would have liked to have seen his shot fall a little more, but he still made great contributions. Yeah, had Jalen Brown with another great game, another 23- 23 23-point outing He had uh, uh, Rogier put in a fantastic third quarter. Uh, The rest of the game, especially in the first half, he was a little more quiet, but in that third quarter, he was really active and he really had the Cavs on their heels. Uh, Jason Tatum didn't have the greatest game, but he was still a positive contributor. I mean, pretty much everyone who started for the Celtics was great. Marcus Morris played great defense again, um, providing those hustle plays, great energy, made some shots. Uh, and then you look at the bench. You know, Marcus Smart played great. He uh, was a huge difference maker on the defensive end. His shot wasn't falling too well, and uh, he did take some I thought badly uh, advised shots, uh, especially uh, in that fourth quarter. Uh, that first, those first six minutes of the fourth quarter, it was interesting because the Celtics really did not play very well, especially on the offensive side. Um, but they were able to maintain their lead the entire time on the Cavs because their defense was so good and the Cavs really failed to take advantage of the Celtics going through a dry spell. So I'm going to give the game ball uh, to Coach Brad Stevens because at the end of the day, he had a great game plan. Uh, He got all his uh, players to buy in. He got contributions from pretty much anyone and everyone that played. And, uh, I mean, I can't pick one player because all of them really contributed so well. So I'm going to go with the coach on this one. Uh, Brad Stevens, you got the game ball. Uh, The Cavs, on the other hand, it was easy to point out who was their best player, and that was LeBron James by a mile. I mean, that first quarter he had was absolutely amazing. 21 points, and he hit a ton of threes and some really tough shots. That one three where he was fading away uh, to beat the shot clock, and he had Marcus Smart right up in his grill. I mean, that was one of the best shots you will ever see from anyone. Um, But he just did not get enough help again, you know, and that just kind of seems to be the reoccurring theme. Uh, Kevin Love played better. He had a good game, uh, put up 22 points, 15 boards on, uh, I think, 8 for 15 shooting, so he didn't do too bad. Kyle Korver provided uh, some points off the bench, but aside from that, I mean, it really, really goes downhill really fast. I guess you could say Tristan Thompson did what he's supposed to do. He got some rebounds, he put up some points, he shot uh, a positive percentage. But uh, they had two starters, uh, J.R. Smith and George Hill who uh really did not have good games. Uh, to put into context, those two guys combined for 60 minutes, okay? They shot 11 shots, made only one of them, had a total of 3 points. Uh Greg Monroe, all right, who plays very seldomly for the Celtics, played 6 minutes and these aren't garbage minutes. These are minutes when the team was losing or the team was trying to hold their lead and he shot two shots and made four points. So he outscored Uh, George Hill and J.R. Smith combined on one-tenth of the amount of minutes uh, that they played. And uh, you just cannot have that. You need J.R. Smith to do better than 0 for 7. Um, The only thing he did in the game that made any impact on the game was push Al Horford when Al Horford was going up for the alley-oop and got that flagrant foul that led to a little bit of a scuffle. And that's just, A, that's a bonehead play. It's very dangerous. It could have uh, really left Al Horford open for injury, and you got to give credit for Al Horford for uh, being... Uh, Athletic enough and agile enough to be able to land and not hurt himself. And uh, B, it really motivated the Celtics uh, to play harder. And you saw them just close out that game uh, with a new level, with a renewed level of intensity. And, uh, I mean, you just need the Cavs to have someone show up. Rodney Hood didn't really do much. Uh, Jordan Clarkson didn't even play this game. So uh, Tyron Liu, I think, is going through his rotations, and he's looking for someone. He's looking for something um, that can provide a spark for the Cavs, and right now he just can't find it. And if he doesn't find it in game three in Cleveland, uh, the Cavs are in for a world of hurt because they're playing against a very focused and a very cohesive Celtics unit. Well, that wraps up today's show. Next time, we're going to look at the Game 3 performances and analyze what happened in those games. Uh, we'll see if uh, LeBron James can get some help, if the Cavs can get themselves back into the series against the Celtics. And we'll look at the Warriors and Rockets to see who can take the upper hand in that one. Uh, till then, take care.